What is going on, crypto family? So today we got a great interview with the founder and CEO of Presearch, Colin Pape. We get to hear all about his journey through crypto and how his million plus users are using a search engine plugin today and a ton more, right? Just a friendly reminder, the Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of myself, Robert Beatles, and my guests. I am the co-founder and the builder of the Monarch Wallet, host on TradingView Sessions, and Crypto Beatles on YouTube. My opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. I am not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is extremely dangerous. You can lose all of your money. Always trade at your own risk. Without further ado, let's go meet Colin. What is going on, crypto family? So today we've got Colin Pape with us. So he is the founder all right, of Presearch. So he's going to tell us you know, all about himself, what it is they're doing in the space and all the cool things that uh, hopefully we'll be able to benefit from. So great to have you on. Appreciate you taking the time for us. Yeah, you too, Beatles. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. So tell us about yourself, man. You know, what's, um, where are you at? Where are you from? How'd you get into crypto? Maybe some of your background in general and business, all that kind of cool stuff. Cool. Uh, so I'm, I'm from a little town called Midland in uh, Ontario, Canada. It's about 90 minutes north of Toronto. Uh, born and raised here. Uh, went away a little bit. I've done some traveling, but uh, pretty small town feel. Uh, my wife's from here. Uh, our, our parents are here. Brothers and sisters are here. And uh, it's it's a pretty uh, decent quality of life just from a kind of environmental and, uh, and family standpoint. And uh, got into the internet back in the late 90s when I was a, a teenager and uh, started building websites and uh, ended up going to school for it. Uh, I did drop out because I just didn't see the, the point, kind of the land rush was happening and there was so much amazing stuff happening in the internet. And uh, I just really kind of wanted to dive in and, and got into domain names a, a fair bit, ended up uh, building out a pretty big portfolio of domains and uh, kind of building uh, this this company called shopcity.com, which is like a, a local marketplace for, for local communities like Midland. Uh, so you can kind of bring all your businesses together, give them a, a platform that they can publish their offers on and a place that you can go as a, as a consumer and find all this stuff from local independent businesses. It's all about kind of shop local. And so we ended up with all these shop city domains, shop boston.com, shop new york.com. There's like 8,000 of those. And so I've been building that out for quite a while and really kind of coming at this from, from more looking at how to you know change the the economic landscape the fractional reserve system I, when I started learning about that I was like oh, okay that's definitely one of the, the roots of a lot of the uh, the surface level symptoms that you know I'm always complaining about and just started thinking you know it, it'd be really interesting if there was a way to bring about local currencies and maybe like an interchangeable set of local currencies and so that was really kind of my entrance into crypto and and Bitcoin I, I truthfully actually at the start, I didn't really want it to succeed. I thought it was kind of, you know, scary having, you know, this concept of a single currency for the world. But uh, I come to see now that there's going to be this huge ecosystem of all these different currencies. And uh, I, I think it's going to work out really well. But yeah, I ended up uh, launching Presearch in uh, 2017. It was based on kind of a concept that had just been developed uh, out of really, uh, to some degree, some angst towards Google. We had a, a bit of a, a run in with them. Uh, had all of our sites or a lot of our sites get get penalized and kind of saw this whole weird side of the power that they have in the market. I hear you, man. Percent market share. You know, it's, it's <laughs> pretty insane. 
pretty centralized. Yeah. 80% of the web is about uh, completely centralized. So it's uh, it's yeah. cool to see things like pre-search come out. So you, you'd said a lot there, man, which is awesome. So you got yeah, uh, yeah. kind of a small community there. It sounds like you got uh, it's family focused, family oriented, but it sounds like you left and you did some traveling. So where'd you, where'd you travel? Uh, well, I, I mainly, you know, just for business uh, in, in North America. I mean, I've, I've just spent, you know, a fair bit of time uh, working, you know, different local markets with, with Shop City, uh, uh, doing conferences and doing a little bit of speaking. And, uh, and yeah, just I met some pretty, uh, pretty incredible people. And then really through our virtual community, mainly through Telegram, uh, have, have really, you know, met tons of people from all over the world that, uh, that are working on, on pre-search and uh, really kind of, it's amazing to see across the globe, this, this kind of common vision for a more decentralized world and, uh, to see the passion and the innovation that's happening in like all corners of the world is, is amazing. So. Yeah. Blockchain is pretty incredible. And Telegram is awesome too. It's a little scary sometimes, you know, with all the, yeah. the scammers and spammers and people just hitting it up, hitting you up at uh, all different times of the night. You have to be careful what your settings are. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise your phone yeah. just starts ringing and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Bit. But uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about Bitcoin, you know, one, yeah. one currency, one global currency created by some, you know, mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto, nobody knows who he is and things like that. But yeah. as you can see, so far, it's been working right. out pretty well for everybody. So that's, that's awesome. And what, um, what happened with Shop City? Yeah. What's, uh, is it still going on? Um, you still have yeah. it? Uh, Shop City still going. Uh, it's uh, ba- basically kind of almost like a franchise-like model. So uh, we basically have this this uh, package, and so somebody in a community would buy it, and then they own the rights to uh, the local domain name, and and you know they do the sales and the marketing, and so. Uh, we're onboarding new city managers and helping them, you know, introduce this concept into their communities. And uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's going strong, and and looking at kind of some some integrations there on the crypto side. Uh, and then, you know, definitely it's, it's kind of complementary research in shop city. One of our, our biggest dependencies as with any online company uh, is, is Google and, uh, and more broadly than that, it's search. I mean, search is that UI and that UX that has really kind of, uh, you know, superseded all UXs, uh, especially at the moment of need, which is, you know, really kind of important time to be in, you know, a relationship with, with a, a user. I mean, it's, man, it's a huge responsibility, honestly, directing people where to go when they got a question, right? Yep. And to make sure that you're not abusing that power, right? So that's... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things right there. So before we, we jump into pre-search, you know, I still like to, to learn more about the founders and things like that. And I always like to ask kind of fun oh. questions that, you know, get people to, you know, kind of think a little bit outside of outside of the block, I guess. So uh, <laughs> yeah. if you could change anything in the world, it could be past, future, anything like that. What's uh, what's one of the things that you would change? Ooh, there's an interesting question. <laughs> Something that I would change. Um I don't know. It's so hard to say, man. I mean, like butterfly effect. You know, yeah, change yeah, one thing, it's going to create a a tsunami yeah. in the Philippines or something. Yeah, yeah. And and I just mean, I don't know. There's 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 so many things that you know I look at with this like skeptical viewpoint. You know, I, I go down the rabbit hole sometimes, and and I and I look at kind of the powers that be and where we are, and you know some of the the indicators that are out there, and and some of the the events that you know have been created because everything is created and and you know and and sometimes i think oh man it's like it's the worst thing ever and you know i just want to we're going to be polarized to you know action to this next level when we've got all this technology and and all these ways to potentially amplify really 
powerful, good thing. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't have a ton of things personally. I just try to learn from everything and, uh, try to, try to, you know, roll with what happens. I mean, it's, there's a lot of suffering in the world for sure. And it would be awesome to, you know, be able to, to end some of that most like acute suffering that just seems like so pointless, you know, like I, sure. I, everybody's all pumped about billionaires pledging, you know, hundreds of millions or billions to this Notre Dame, you know, cathedral. And it's like, man, like we could theoretically end hunger for the world's <laughs> children in two days. If we all just said, you know, what, fuck it, we're doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Sometimes I, I wonder what we're up to and I wonder how this is, you know, all playing out and, and why and what, you know, powers are at work behind the scenes. But then I, I just feel to some degree like, you know, trusting kind of the, the future and the path and that, you know, we'll be able to somehow create value out of those things that seem so pointless and, and terrible, you know? I hear you, man. I hear you. So kind of like a world peace. There you go. All right. Hey, cool. decent, decentralized dance party. <laughs> if you want to know about, yeah, just, just crazy things. I got to plug these guys, the DDP.com. I don't know if you're familiar with them yet. Yeah. Um, these guys mainly out of Vancouver, but now they're all over the world. They are, are trying to win the Nobel Peace Prize for partying. They <laughs> have a synchronized global dance party, and they've got this like pretty interesting technology to enable people to like you know rebroadcast music. And they do these like decentralized parties where they'll basically go to you know some commons area, and they just you know they've got portable you know boom boxes, and everybody gets a boom box, and they're broadcasting over these FM stations, and they've just got it down to to a science uh they've got a full operations manual they've got these caches of boom boxes all over the world and they they basically bring people into these uh you know otherwise kind of mundane spaces and throw these these amazing parties that you know they they don't use any substances it's it's just you know you're purely kind of high on uh you know the 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 bond between humans and the, and the music and uh, I actually think that they're really innovative and uh, that they're doing some really cool stuff in the world. And you just said world peace. So I thought I'd <laughs> that's awesome, man. So it's just kind of like a decentralized flash mob of parties everywhere happening yes. around the world. Cool. Totally. Stuff. That's cool the vision. Yep. All right. So what's the cool stuff you're trying to bring the world with pre-search? Yeah, well, we're, we're trying to basically bring the world a kind of a, a framework for, for open source search effectively, uh, decentralized search. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a little weird. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, it's, sometimes it's, it's a little tough to communicate I and mean, we're not trying to replace Google. We're not trying to build another Google. We don't want another point of centralization like that. We want to try to bring about like a UI that can help people kind of expand their choice and, and really know what's out there. And, and have more easy access kind of through this federated search field to all these different resources. And so, you know, there will be a search engine kind of within that framework, but, you know, it's about how do we kind of make that framework possible and how do we create this way that, you know, all these different projects and all these different resources could could not get buried kind of beneath this vanilla search UI where there's an algorithm choosing everything. We really want it to be about like active choice and people, you know, making their own choices and selections and being able to learn about, you know, things behind the scenes and choose who they, they want to support 
and direct basically their support as they're querying uh, these different resources and and you know being exposed to all this different information. Uh, so you know this the search part is is part of it, and and you know we've kind of looked at all really kind of the low hanging fruit and the shortcuts, like how can we get to market with something that is actually valuable to a user that offers you know a solid UI that we could basically you know that the key challenge is how do you break that Google dependency? I mean, it's, it's the biggest dependency really that there is. Uh, we, we, uh, we all use it and it's, it's just this habit and they've got, you know, all these network effects, they've got all these browser deals where the, the default search engine for all the browsers and, uh, you know, then they build the browser and they build the, the mobile OS, it becomes the biggest OS and, and they have the biggest video site and the biggest email site and the biggest map site and the biggest, like everything. It's insane. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just it's just so how how do we possibly do that? And can we basically use tokens as an incentive model to get people to consciously make that decision to switch? Because you know, there really hasn't been another way that it's it's been done so far. Uh, fortunately, there are some innovations. You know, we can build a token on top of Ethereum. We can utilize you know Web three frameworks. We can. Uh, leverage all these other decentralized resources, and so far it's it's been working. You know, we're over a million users now, uh, which is is pretty uh, in, in basically a year exactly, which is a little slower than Facebook, but like significantly faster than Steam, and significantly faster than a bunch you know Twitter, a bunch of other fairly big uh, you know impactful projects. So hopefully. It's going to keep going and snowball, but, uh, you know, so we're kind of trying to like do this thing where we get people actually using it in the short term and we can figure out like the unit economics for the model and make sure that, you know, the token economics work. Uh, and then, you know, how do we build this framework that enables all these different people all over the world to plug into it and potentially, you know, have a way to capture some value, create some value, you know, better scratch and itch, that kind of thing. And uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty big undertaking. Taking. Uh, fortunately, though, we're, we're attracting some really sharp people, and uh, this this buzz in the air of you know people kind of dissatisfied with the tech giants. So yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. It's it's great to see you know even people like uh, PewDiePie or PewDiePie leaving like YouTube to go to. Well, I guess he didn't leave, but he, he at least started this channel over there on D Live, and you're seeing some of these other social media you know sites start to pop up, and hopefully enough people you know start supporting things like that, as well as like your browser, right? So right now. You've got a million people. It's uh, kind of like a like a plugin, right? It's basically like a search field they can just throw up there on Chrome and start using that yep. instead of Google. Exactly, and I mean you can still use Google if you want to. The way that it works, basically, you you enter your query and then uh, it enables you to choose where you want to actually direct your your search. So you can still search Google. You can search the actual pre-search engine, um, five different resources that are in there right now. And then there are ultimately, you know, hundreds and hundreds of resources. It's amazing as you start kind of taking this approach and, and diving into this, just seeing what is out there. It's it's insane. A uh, lot of, of effort and a lot of, you know, community and connection and, and content being created all over the web. But, you know, we always just kind of think of, you know, search is Google. Uh, right. There's actually lots of search. Yeah. So for instance, when you use a plugin and it gives you, you know, like the five different places that you can query your search, if they use, you know, the, the pre-search engine itself, how, how does it pull the data? What kind of web crawlers are you using? You know, how, how up to date is it? Is it better than, is it better than Google or is it going to limit, limit kind of the, the amount of data that it pulls? And um, yeah, I guess that'd be kind of the first question for you. 
Yeah, it's it's a good one. So uh, one of our advisors, uh, one of the first guys that I, I reached out to when we started booting this up was a guy named Rich Skrenta, and he uh, he created the Open Directory project back in the '90s, which kind of became DMOZ and, and Yahoo. And so he's kind of uh, got this, you know, really interesting long-term perspective on the web. And uh, would say that you know he's 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 definitely an advocate for you know more of the open web. And then he's he's built a search engine. He raised a whole bunch of money to build a search engine. He learned a whole bunch of lessons. And one of the lessons that he he shared early on was, oh man. Don't try to build a search engine. <laughs> it's really hard. You know? And so we started looking at, you know, what what are the 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 ways that we could potentially bridge the gap as we're doing this really long term, really significant undertaking of of actually, you know, having a decentralized, you know, IPFS based index uh, that is is basically generated by people running nodes on their computers that as they're surfing the web, they're effectively crawling the web, and then we could augment that with you know a dedicated crawler. Uh, but basically, you know, provide value throughout the ecosystem in the form of tokens to, you know, the people that are, are doing that crawling and then indexing and then having more of a an industrial strength uh, node type setup that would run on, you know, excess data center capacity more on, you know, server farms and whatnot. And, and so that's kind of the vision. That's where we're going. And it's about, you know, building a, a framework basically for all these different you know, providers and and contributors to uh, participate. And, and so something called a, a coordination market where you're not even really like, you know, you're not setting the pricing. You're not even necessarily setting kind of the, the contents of the market. You're basically creating a, a framework that enables people to coordinate so they can create the market. Uh, so like that's almost, you know, kind of what we need to do. And, and it's fairly significant as far as trying to, to do this. And so, you know, we didn't want to wait until we had something as a, as a product. And, and really the thing on search uh, that, that Rich really opened my eyes to that is the most difficult. It's, it's, so you basically have the short tail of search, which is, you know, your top like 100,000 kind of head queries, things that are, you know, really common that people are looking up. And then it's, you know, your long tail search where it's, um, you know, the, the, the back billion terms that people are looking for. And in some cases, I mean, uh, a pretty significant volume of queries has actually never been typed before in the specific configuration that it, it, it has entered. It's, uh, it's amazing just how many things we're able to come up with as, as searchers. And so to solve the long tail of search, is very challenging because you know there's there's billions and billions of documents and trying to create meaning and then you know bridge things like language and uh, device and and just all these different factors you know is it a local query is it you know all, all these different factors it's you know they're, they're just infinite almost you so got your work cut out for you <laughs> we, 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 we got our work cut out for us but we know that and so we look for you know how can we get to market it and honestly uh, we're basically uh, to start leveraging APIs. We're doing the exact same thing as, as DuckDuckGo is doing. DuckDuckGo is not really, you know, a search index. They're basically leveraging, you know, third-party indexes uh, and and basically just, you know, adding a layer on top of it to protect your privacy. You know, you could use a search engine like Bing directly, for instance, or you could use DuckDuckGo, which is effectively Bing, or PreSearch, which is effectively Bing, 
but it's kind of got this intermediary layer that protects, you know, the information that's transmitted. So that's kind of what we, we've done uh, along with some other APIs. And then we built this uh, community package model. So if you go into our, our GitHub, uh, github.com slash research official, you can participate. There's videos and uh, it'll walk you through how to do it. But you can create these packages that basically load at the top of search results. So if you go on to... Um, engine.presearch.org and then search for like Bitcoin, you'll see kind of on Bitcoin show operated op package. So that's referencing, you know, coin market cap and other resources. Uh, but uh, people can basically create these packages for just about anything. So we've had people create, uh, you know, currency converters. Uh, we've had them create, you know, maps and, and, and different plugins. And so ultimately, uh, you know, providers or, or content producers will be able to create these packages. It's just very basic JavaScript and HTML. Just about anybody who can build on the web can do this. We've tried to make it really simple. And we're using this, this WebSocket architecture that basically enables all the different kind of modules within a page to get loaded like fully independently. WebSockets are basically the same thing that would power chat technology, right? So it's all a lot more asynchronous and it's, it's you know, kind of smaller, um, you know, data packets. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, works really well to, to enable people from the community to contribute stuff that doesn't affect the performance of the actual site. Gotcha. How do we know, you know, the first thing people will be thinking is, man, I, I try not to click stuff because I don't want my computer, you know, running some kind of mining program or somebody to have access to, you know, backdoor to my computer. How do we know that those packets are safe? Uh, we so we we verify all those. They they basically have to go through a, a contribution and a, and a review process, similar to any contributions for any any open source project. So ultimately, you know, we we want a big team, you know, many sure. many eyes looking at all these things uh, to start. I mean, it's a fairly small team, uh, and we're really pretty focused on what you. that user experience can be. So, right. yeah. And then, so like right now you guys can use this, right? We can use this plugin, even like on the Brave browser, right? Use it there. We could use it on Chrome, Bing, whatever we wanted, just use it. And then for the people that yeah. say, you know, what, what is different about this than say Brave browser, right? Doesn't that have its own, you know, not only does it have its own search field, but it has its own browser. Why would we use pre-search over what's already built into Brave? So Brave right now is, is not really um, doing incentivized search in this in this way uh, there's is more about the advertising and the content and the ability to you know tip content producers uh, so it's it's a slightly different model and yeah they're they're basically uh, they, they work really well together very complementary uh, a significant base of our users are our brave users and yeah definitely uh, nothing stops one or the other from from adding value they actually add more value you can you can earn bat tokens and you can earn free tokens to use both cool and then so as far as privacy right people you know they, they want to know you know what not everybody that's maybe the problem but a lot of people want to know what's <laughs> happening to their data right or how much of this stuff are you keeping are you going to reference our search queries later on, you know, to make our browsing, you know, I guess easier for us when we're looking for the same thing again, or are you collecting data and putting in a server and going to pull a Facebook on us later? What's, um, what's going on with, with all of our data? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, man. Um, so basically, uh, right now, we're not collecting data. Uh, we, uh, so if you go to engine.presearch.org, it's basically like, like a dumb site. Like we, you know, we have actually have people ask us questions and we can't even, oh, so where are your users from? Ah, well, we can tell you from this external service called SimilarWeb. That'll tell you kind of according to them 
what what our, our usership looks like. But, you know, we've tried to keep it extremely basic. Uh, we are not uh, collecting anything on that site. On the presearch.org site, uh, you create a user account and then, you know, you search through it and then we reward you with tokens as you're searching. So it's, it's basically creating a record of, of when searches are run. Uh, but we do not see or store what is actually being searched for at all. So that's that's really kind of it right now. And the way that we're basically approaching privacy is opt in. Uh, so so you know not opt out. Uh, we're also looking at doing local storage when possible. So we've got a, a mobile app. Uh, if you're on iOS, you can you can check it out. But uh, it does, you know, keep the history and stuff like that, but it stores it locally on your device. You can delete it. You're in full control over it. And then really that's kind of the thing about having an actual open and transparent search engine, which, you know, as this goes and as we get to that kind of next level where, you know, we have our own index, we have our own node system, all, all that technology, uh, that's going to basically enable anybody to, you know, look under the hood and see exactly how things are, are being utilized, you know, what's affecting uh, queries as well as, you know, what's being done with data. But yeah, the general uh, approach is, uh, you know, collect as little as possible, put it directly in people's control uh, by making it local. And then the third would really be enabling them just to choose what they share and monetize what they share. So if they want to release any kind of demographic information, that will be their choice and they may get compensated additionally for doing so. Gotcha. And then as far as like the advertisements, because you got to find a way to sustain this, right? We can't just keep paying people out all the time. You actually have to generate income yourself. So what incentives do you have for businesses to try to advertise on your platform? And then do the users then start getting bombarded with these ads or do they have to opt into them as well and get paid to view those ads? If that makes sense. Yeah. So that, that is basically how it works. I mean, you could think of right now, basically pre-search, uh, you know, from, from its pool of reward tokens is paying users. Uh, but ultimately the, the model is to transition it over to sponsors. So they are basically very clear that there's, you don't need to really do any tracking or, or anything like that, because you, you know what somebody's looking for at that moment. That's kind of transactional intent. It's, it's, you know, very targeted. We don't care about all the other stuff that you've done or that you're going to do or who, who you are, where you are, whatever. It's, it's just, you know, what are you looking for at the moment? And we can then very easily, you know, continue to respect your privacy, but enable you to, uh, you know, engage with a sponsored, you know, unit that will pay you. Basically, that's how it works. Uh, they, they're paying for your attention. And uh, we're trying to do that in a way that's, you know, as unobtrusive as possible, uh, a way that uh, people can control and a way that really does respect people's uh, attention and uh, enables them to uh, be compensated for uh, that opportunity for somebody to engage with them. So nice. Very cool. And then so how far along in the roadmap are you guys right now? So right now you have the, the search engine that's available that people can be using. Uh, you got over a million users, which is awesome. You guys are getting what, a couple million you know, searches a day. Exciting. Um, when do you think the actual browser itself will be out? And do um, you have any timeframes for us? Yeah, so so basically uh, now, uh, the, so the browser extension just got released. Uh, the the new ad unit uh, and ad form is coming out in the next couple of months, which will uh, close that loop on the token economics and should be one of the the first products to really you know at, at scale. And then uh, you know the actual 
you know, fully decentralized version, hoping to have a proof of concept by the end of uh, 2019. But it's kind of, you know, in the works. And there, there, there's a lot of, I mean, in some cases, the tech doesn't really exist yet to do what, you know, eating and, you know, tech is developing. Uh, there's some really interesting uh, opportunities to use platforms like Steam. EOS looks like it could be potentially viable for doing significant uh, uh, transaction volume, like what we, we have and will have. And, and, you know, there's even stuff like Nebulous, which is like a kind of relevance and search oriented uh, uh, project uh, with a, a blockchain. So uh, we're, we're kind of, and it's probably truthfully going to end up being a hybrid of a whole bunch of different platforms and technologies that, you know, do a specific thing really well. And so it's then trying to figure out, you know, what are the token economics and, and you know, how does the, the pre-token kind of, you know, encapsulate that value and transfer that value. Very cool. And then maybe back to some more personal questions, man. So what's, uh, what's like yeah. maybe your, your favorite book that you've ever read that you recommend other people? Good, good question. There's a book called Seth Speaks that uh, I, I go back to a fair bit, um, you know, maybe once a year. Uh, it's kind of a metaphysical book. But uh, I, I just found it to be, you know, super uh, enlightening. And uh, it's really uh, helped me make sense of a lot of things that uh, I found pretty confusing. Uh, I, I don't know, man, there's, there's so many great works. It's, it's hard to... You know. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Uh, I, le- I love Braveheart. Freedom! <laughs> yeah, man. Pretty deadly movie. Awesome. Um, yeah, lot, lots, of, lots of good ones. Yeah. How about you? They were movie? Uh, probably Boondock Saints or Super Troopers. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great movie. <laughs> that's right. Cool. Super Troopers too. That was actually filmed in your neck of the woods. So I don't know if you oh, saw that cool. yet or not. I didn't but, know that. No. Yeah. It's just one of those, you know, stupid comedies that just, you know, takes your, your brain off things for a minute. And so, yeah, it's not yeah. too deep. It's just, you know, slapstick humor. It's, it's pretty funny. But That's uh, awesome. yeah. And, and then if uh, you were president, you know, say you lived in the U S I guess, um, you know, yeah. what, what's one thing you would change? You know, it could be a law, it could be a regulation, it could be, you know, a dance day, whatever you want. So you're president, <laughs> US, what do you want to change, man? Or uh, what make happen? I, I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, the whole, you know, Ross, free Ross uh, yeah. situation, uh, I, I think would be probably one of the, the first things that, uh, that I would do just, you know, from a, a, a symbolic standpoint, as well as just, you know, a, yeah. It, it would be meaningful um, and something that, you know, has not really any other ramifications. It would be such an easy decision to make. Cool, man. And then so for people to, you know, to learn more, to stay up to date, to, to download the plugin right now, where should they go? Presearch.io or Telegram? Yeah. Or what do you think? Yeah. Uh, so, so Presearch.io is kind of like our information site. It talks about the project. Presearch.org is the actual kind of web application and the thing that you can earn free tokens when you search uh, through. And uh, and then, yeah, Telegram, t.me slash presearch. Uh, we've got a bunch of really great people in there and uh, it's good conversations happening. Awesome, man. Well, it was great to hear, you know, about all the stuff that you've done, all the stuff that you're doing with Presearch. And so we'll make sure to get the links up for people so they can stay up to date on all your progress awesome. and, you know, go download it, go try it, all that kind of cool stuff. So appreciate you calling, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Cool. Thanks a lot, Beatles. Appreciate it, man. Take care, everyone. All right. Take care. God bless. 
Hey, welcome back, peeps. Big thanks to Colin. Really appreciate you coming on and telling us about pre-search and all the tech that you've brought us and all the tech that you plan to bring us. It's great stuff, man. Just a friendly reminder, the Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of myself, Robert Beatles, and my guests. I am the co-founder and the builder of the Monarch Wallet, host on TradingView Sessions and Crypto Beatles on YouTube. My opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. I am not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is extremely dangerous. You can lose all of your money. Always trade at your own risk. Love you. God bless you. Catch you on the next one.